This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. We've been praying, Pastor Aaron and myself, like what direction we're going to go as we get ready to, 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 to launch back into on my normal flow of things before we kick off um, Malachi and just just praying, just hearing this 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 call from the Lord for us as a body, a call to spiritual maturity and practice. So we're gonna slow down today and 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 look at that. A call to spiritual maturity and practice. So we'll start off looking at Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. And if you'll stand with me, we'll read and then we'll look into some of that. On for a moment. And it reads like this. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child But solid food for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. No, so we're hearing the Lord just call, calling us um, um, up, calling us up into spiritual maturity. and, um, and, 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 And many of us like the idea of spiritual maturity. We're like, oh, that's me. Um, and, and we like the idea and the thought of growing into spiritual um, maturity. And, and, but oftentimes we're confused with what that process looks like, right. though. We're often confused with, what, 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 well, how do I grow? So we, we, we start to think of, um, well, good books. And so, so we stack our libraries up with a whole bunch of really, really good books. I'm reading every single thing because that's going to help me become spiritually mature. Or we, we, we think depending on who I'm listening to, the preachers that are preaching to me. Um, so I have all these, these sermons and podcasts that I'm listening to. And then I, and I'm thinking I'm becoming more spiritually mature. So now I go on social media and I'm like um, the social media police. And, 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 and I'm, I'm hunting everybody down and trying to set it straight for every single person. And, 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 we, and we're thinking these are, are, are the, the, the way that we become more spiritually mature. But I want to look inside of this text as some of the ways that 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 the author is engaging the the people of God in this same topic, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to work it a little bit backwards. I'm going to start at verse 14. Now, um, at verse 14, he, he he basically says this: "Solid food is for the mature. Solid food is for the mature." Now, now I wanted to look at how he describes the mature, right? He says, solid food is for the mature, but then he gives a description. He describes what they look like. What is the mature? He says, these are people whose discernment has been trained to tell the difference between good and evil. 
He's describing them. This is what they look like. And when I say to tell the difference between good and evil, this isn't all of life. To tell what's good for, for, for the family, what's good for the community, what's evil for the family, what's evil for the community, what's, what's, what's evil around it. But to be able to discern the difference between these two. But, but what's the process to get there? Right? He lines that out too. He says, through constant practice. See, he says through constant practice. You see, what develops spiritual maturity is the constant practice of living into the truth. All right? The constant practice of living into the truth. Uh, we, we can hear it, but, we, but, but the practice of it, the constant practice of living into the truth. And, and, and when I say practice, right, let me, let me put some definition inside of here because we have a tendency that, well, yeah, I'm practicing, but, I, but we sort of practice in a way that's safe and comfortable for us. And, and when it comes to development, you see, we're talking about practicing until we feel the tension. Practice until we feel the resistance that's, that's pushing against us. Now, that's when growth starts to happening, right? We're, we're, we're practicing and we feel the tension. We feel the burn. And, 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 and to live into the thing that God causes, causes to makes us uncomfortable. The process of, of, of maturing into, into Christ-likeness is it's called the process of sanctification. You see... We are already sanctified, but it's not yet fully realized. So there is this process of, of going from glory to glory to glory until Christ returns and we are fully glorified with him, right? But living inside of this process in the meanwhile and, and, and living in and practicing these things, you see, what the Holy Spirit does is he uses the, the suffering that comes from the practice of living into the truth. And when I say suffering, I'm talking about when living into the, the tension hurts. When, 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 when living into the resistance hurts and the pain that comes from, from pushing into it, this becomes one of the ways that the Holy Spirit moves us from glory to glory to glory. And in the meanwhile, he gives us this, this wisdom of maturity. That's, that's 14. Now, just working our way back back up because I just wanted to see the, the, the structure here. In 13, before he gets to 14, in 13, he says, everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the world of righteousness since he's a, he is a child, you see. He's saying milk is for infants. Milk is for infants. You see, we don't practice living into what we're hearing. We don't practice living into the truth. It, it stunts our growth. It stunts our, our growth and we remain as infants when we don't practice actually living into this thing. There are certain things that you, you only learn in the tension. Certain things you only learn in, in the resistance, in the practicing of it. And when we cut that out, we stunt our growth. And we hear this, and, 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 and the reality is, like, the, the process of, of living into the truth, it starts yeah. as infants on milk. Yeah. 
It starts with the elementary things of the gospel. It starts there, but, but, but we hear this and we say, but, but, but I want to be mature. And we, and we have this tendency to want to just jump over the infant elementary things and just start trying to live into the things that seem more, more meaty, that seems more exciting, right? But it's the practice of living into the milk of truth that prepares you to live into the meat of truth. That's why when we try to just jump over those things and live into the, 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 the meteor things, um, things fall apart because you haven't built, been built up into it. And you're just trying to jump over and, and sort of like cut vital parts out. You see, if that's where you're at, if you're an infant, if that's where you're at, don't try to act like an adult. Instead, start living into the milk of the truth. Now, right here, where you at, live into those little things that are right in front of you. And let the Lord develop you and mature you, but but you start living into those things. And we got to understand, when we're not in the practice of living into those things, it's not that you're not in the practice of doing, you're always practicing something. There's something else that you're in the practice of doing. There's something else that you're training yourself to do. But he's calling us and he's saying, practice this. Live into these truths. You get the 12 when we back our, our way up to 12. And he's talking to them. And he says, he basically says this. You should be teachers by now. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you. The basic principles of the oracles of God, you need milk, not solid food. Like, like, like where does he get the authority to say this? Like, we got to understand the connecting point here, why he can say something like that. Like, he, he's their pastor, and he knows where they should be at in their spiritual journey. He, 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 he knows this because of the relationship. And this is why it's important to be in relationship with others, be, 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 because in that relationship, people get to see the giftings and the things that are inside of you. It's, it's, he's having a family conversation here, like a father talking with his kids and saying, but, but I've seen these things inside of you, and I know that you can be living into them. It's not like I'm talking to the little child and telling the little child, you should be acting like an adult. But I'm talking to the adult that's acting like a child and saying, hold on, but I see all these things inside of you. By now, you should be doing this. And, and this hits home to us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is our family. And, and, and there's so many of us here where it's like, we, we know, we see these things inside of you. Yeah. And you should be living into these truths. Yeah. And in this, when he talks about you should be teaching others. You see, he's, he's making a distinction that the marker of maturity is who are you pouring into? You're walking around and you're stacking things up and you got nobody around you that you're pouring into. And he's like, oh, you, you guys are child, children, that's why. It's because... Even though we're talking about maturity and, 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 and we're hearing this and we just think about how I need to ascend, you see, maturity is not primarily about you. Come on. Come on. This is why you need to be spiritually mature about the people who God wants to pour into through you. Yes. It's not primarily about you. Why does God give you the solid food? Because he's expecting you to be mature enough to know to break it down 
and pass it to others. To break it down and pass it to others is like it's like it's like the person that 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 that's given the bread and they just eat all the bread. Some of it nourishes their body; the rest of it comes out as as as, as waste. Versus the person that's that's given the bread and, and and he eats some. Some is nourished, but he's passing some on so others to be nourished too. It's sort of like the feeding of the five thousand and 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 the Jesus is passing the solid food to the disciples. Why? For they to turn around and break it and pass it to fathers who have family care for their families who's turning around and breaking and passing it so that there can be nourishment for all and God makes it multiply. This is what he's calling us into. So we start to see that spiritual maturity impacts way more than just you, but it's it's what God is doing with the community as he's drawing drawing us to, 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 to share, right? What we end up seeing is we tend to define maturity by the word success. We think the most successful are the most mature. Maturity is actually family language, not business language. What you care about in a family is the maturity of the people in the family. Because you want them to grow in who they're supposed to be, not set a level of finances that they need to reach, right? We don't measure by the same things when you go into the business realm. When you're in a family realm, you understand that if you understand each kid and you know who they are and who they should be and you see who God's designed them to be, you want them to grow up, not because, hear me on this, not because it makes you more a part of the family, doesn't make you more a part of the family. It's because it's healthy for you to mature and to grow. And so when Wayne brought this and we were praying about what it is we should speak, it was just, I love how the Lord confirms what he wants to speak to his people. Can you say amen to that? Uh, This week we were, I would say, I thought by chance, but it wasn't. We were studying and we took our family. We went to uh, the Franciscan Renewal Center and just all had these little cards with this scripture on it. We walked around as a family and just all went separate ways and meditated on it and then came and talked about this. And then when we came together uh, and were meditating on what is it that the Lord wants to say, Wayne brought this up, and this word practice came out in the same scripture, and I just said, man, that's it. That's what the Lord is wanting to speak to us. It's, It's confirming what God is wanting to say to us, his family. We should open our ears when he wants to say something. Can you say amen? So I want to put that that verse on the screen. I want to read it and break it down a little bit for you, and then we're going to spend time meditating on some of these things. It says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice. There's that word. Everybody say practice. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. With that up there on the screen, I want to make a couple of comments regarding this. First of all, if you're asking where does maturity start, I want to give it to you this way. Maturity starts in your meditation. 
That's where it starts. Whatever is true and pure and honorable and just and lovely and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise, meditate on these things. That's where maturity starts in your meditation. Believe it or not, you are meditating. It's what are you meditating on? You are meditating. You wake up, the first thing you grab is your phone. You start scrolling through your daily meditation of social media. You are meditating on all of these thoughts and everybody's ideas and everybody's pictures and wishing you were there and how did I not get invited and all of these kinds of things and you are filling your heart and your mind and all of your thoughts are being consumed with your daily meditation. You are meditating on the TV shows that you're watching, on the shows that are filling your heart and mind, on the places you go to just check out and just kind of relax. You are meditating. And we do not see and we should see the direct connection between our life and our meditation. Your life is rooted in the soil of your meditations. And out of that flows. And here's where Paul's saying, look, if these are the things that you, you need to spend time in meditation on these things. Listen, a lot of people say your mind is what controls. Your mind is what sets away. Your mind is what, listen, your mind is not the thing that has power. It's what is your mind meditating on. Do you understand this? Your meditation. He is the one who is honorable. He is the one who is right. He is the one. His word. And when you are meditating on those things, it is in the midst of that that all of a sudden this spring of we do not live by bread, but by every word. Our life comes from our meditations. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you want to start on a journey of maturity, you better start meditating on some new things. Listen, why am I so angry? What are you meditating on all the time? Why can't I forgive? Where are all your meditations? Why is everything so, where are your meditations? Go back to the soil of your meditations. And what he's saying in this is your hearts and your minds, when you get meditating on the things that have power and truth and holy and righteousness, this is where maturity begins to happen. And the next thing you see is the means of maturity. So the beginning of maturity, but then the means of maturity is discipleship. Where do you see that? It says this, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. This is where that family reality comes. You do not mature yourself. (laughs) Maturity is a family thing, not a I'm going to adult now. We love to think we make ourselves mature. The reality is we are a product of the Things we have heard and seen. Parenting and discipleship are identical. 
the family environment that we are in and the places that we are at, he's saying, look, what you have heard and what you have seen, what you have heard and you've seen, what you have learned and what you have received. You see, the kingdom of God is a family. It is a family that is built on us being discipled. We are being, when we become a part of the family of God, we are being refamilied. The practices that we see are, are coming out of this means of the things we have heard and seen. Now, parents really do understand this, but they hate this. I'll have a ton of parents who will come to me and say, Pastor, I never taught my kid to while out like this. I mean, they're wiling out, and I swear I did not sit down and give them a PowerPoint to act this way. They're just wiling out, and I never taught this. Them. I took them to church. I did it. Listen. I believe you never sat down and taught them this, but I guarantee you they saw this. They're not just learning from what you said, they're watching what you're doing. And they're not just watching what you're doing, they're hearing what you're saying. And the reality of discipleship is that all of discipleship is not just about sitting in a classroom and listening to good teaching. It is about living life in a family community where if all you know of us is what we preach, we could sound really spiritual. But the reality is you have been placed in a family not only because we need discipleship, but because we need each other to disciple one another. We need to not just hear it, we need to see it. Can you say amen? And the realities of that is we need to start pushing into our what it means to be a family if we're going to be mature. This is not a place where everything's perfect. This is not a place where everything happens easily. This is the tension Wayne was talking about. You think you can be a man all yourself? Oh, I'm a self-made man. I made myself. That's not the kingdom. That's the world we live in. We are a product of what we have learned and what we have heard and what we have seen. And then this is what happens. If you really want this to happen out, because you could be in a good family and not put it into practice, because practice is the mode of maturity. Listen, I love this. A lot of us love to talk about, I just want to get into the meat of God's word. I just want to eat deep of the meat, and I want to go to a church where they just serve me meat, just filet every, every weekend. I just want them to do it, and you come, and you're like, pa Pastor Wayne, I cannot tell you. I've been to so many churches, and this place, you all cook up some meat up in this place. And then about two months later, you're like, I'm just not getting fed anymore. I cannot tell you how many times that happens. And the reality is, you think it is our job to serve up meat. And the reality is, we shouldn't be serving meat to people who aren't practicing. We shouldn't be. Because meat is for the practicers. Milk is for the immature. If you give milk to the immature, that's the right thing so they won't choke on it. If you give meat to the practicers, it becomes fuel to keep on living it out. Because if you're living it out, you need fuel to live it out. If you don't, you'll just get fat. You've got to put into practice the things that are there. And the reality is, it's not about being fed meat. It's about needing meat. 
by putting into practice the things that God has called us to do, the things we've seen, the things we've heard, not the things we came up with on our own. We put those things into practice, and you're saying, well, I don't know how that really works. What does it mean? Every time I try, I try to do what God's telling me to do, it just feels so unnatural. We are so used to, in our flesh, living according to our feelings. We feel inauthentic, and we hate being inauthentic. We are the most authentic generation in the world. (laughs) We idolize authenticity. We all believe we are the most authentic. I'm just real. I keep it 100 all the time. I am always just real and authentic. I'm an open book. You lie and you are inauthentic for saying it. The realities inside of this is that maturity is not based upon how we live according to our feelings. Mature people do not live according to what they feel. They don't. They don't discount feelings, but they don't live by feelings. They live for something else. Listen, you are thrust into maturity when you have to think of other people besides just how you feel. And so when we say, well, I can't live this stuff out because every time I do it, I feel inauthentic. That is true, but your old nature is speaking. When you are born, that sounds like family language, when you are born again, you don't come into this family without being born. You are born again. You are brought into this family. You are born into this family. You have a good father, and this father not only brought you into the family, he put his nature in you. See, the gospel is not about making you a good little boy and girl. The gospel is about you receiving the very nature of Christ, living and dwelling within you. His spirit and his power and his work is in you. What you have to understand about maturity is you are not more loved the more mature you become. That's not how family works. You don't say to your kids, grow up and I'll love you more. And if you do, that's your old nature. A family goes, when that child is born into the kingdom, when that child comes into the family, they will never be more loved than they are at that moment. And they will continue They will continue to grow and mature because that is healthy. In the family, you are not trying to earn love. In the family, you are not trying to earn your identity. You already have it. In the family, what we want is for you to live into who you already are. That's the reality. Live from who you already are. And this is where maturity starts to come. When you start putting into practice your identity in Christ, you live into this new nature. And so then all of a sudden it starts to feel natural living into your new nature. And whenever it feels unnatural, it's coming from your old nature. And that's hard for us to discern. But the, the mature can discern that. They're able to discern those things from practicing. And as you are living into that, the fuel for your maturity, here's the other thing that helps us in this. Practice is the mode of maturity, but the fuel of maturity is the spirit. Notice this. Put these things to practice and, don't forget this, 
It's a one little line. Put these things to practice. And the God of peace is with you. Here's the two things the mature understand. One, they understand they're only doing what they have learned and what they've received and what they've heard and what they've seen. They didn't come up with any of it on their own. They're just good children, like Jesus who constantly said, I don't do anything unless my father tells me to do it. You're like, he sounds codependent. He was one with the father. There's nothing he could do apart from him. He was not a self-made man. He could not do anything apart from the Father. And what he did is he did only what the Father told him to do, and he told his disciples, only do what I've told you to do. We, as the people of God, understand that maturity doesn't come from us making ourselves. But here's the other thing. It also doesn't come because you did it on your own. Maturity is this, and the God of peace is with you. We understand this. If we are going to step into what God has called us to be, we're going to need a fuel to practice these things, a fuel to live into these things, and that fuel is this. His Spirit is with you. You are not doing it on your own, and when you are, you know you can't do it. Maturity doesn't make you less dependent. It makes you more dependent upon Christ. Could it be, could it be that our lack of understanding what maturity in Christ really looks like puts us into a place of us going after other things to impress others like success, like taking care of ourselves, like doing it on our own, like not needing anybody. When the kingdom calls us into something far more beautiful and far more powerful, and could it be we've determined to, to determine our, our level of maturity based upon how much knowledge we have, so we study so much so we can impress everybody with how much knowledge and how many degrees we have, when really in the kingdom, maturity is not marked with how much you know, it's how many are you serving and caring for. I know you want to be taken seriously because you pay all your own bills. But mature people feel like they're paying everybody's bills. They're not just paying their own. They're taking care of everybody. Because they're not just thinking about how do I take care of my own. They're thinking how do I take care of and serve and lead and die to myself and feed and care for, provide You see, as you continue to walk this out, you start to see that maturity is seen in Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. And I, I, I know we've heard this, so I'll just mention it. Jesus had 12 disciples, many more that followed him. Talk about them hearing and seeing and learning and receiving. They had been discipled. They followed Jesus. They watched him do all of his works and all of his miracles. Matter of fact, at this point, they watched him die and resurrect. They've watched the whole thing. 
shows up to them, and here's what he says. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Do you, do you want to know what he's saying? Look, you've witnessed. You've witnessed me die the death that you should have died. You've witnessed me resurrect. You've witnessed the work that I've done. You've followed me. You've learned. You've seen. You have received. You have been discipled. Now put it to practice. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all things that I have commanded. Teaching them to what? Understand it or obey it? To put it in practice. Teach them to live it out. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. What do you say? Now, everything you've seen from me, everything you've watched me do, everything you've learned and received, everything you've heard me say, you go do that. Then what does he say? And I'll be with you always, even to the edge of the age, even to the ends of the age. He goes, listen, I know me telling you to do this, everything I've told you to do, you can't do it without me. I'll be with you. I'm not the kind of father who just goes, hey, look, go do you. I'm the kind of father who says, here, I've shown you, I've modeled it for you, and, and I also I've given you everything you need, and I will be with you in every step of the way. I'm going to, I'm going to birth you, I'm going to raise you, and I'm going to support you, and I'm going to care for you, and I'm going to be with you. I, I am with you always, even until the ends of the age. I am not asking you to do anything you haven't seen me do. I haven't asked you to do anything you haven't learned from me. I'm not asking you to come up with something on your own. I'm not asking for you to just go and be self-sufficient, be off and not, and not need anybody. I have shown you. I have taught you. I have, lear- I have shown you everything you need, and now go do it. And don't do it on your own because I'm going to be with you every step of the way. You see, this reality presses us into this tree illustration that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. It's not brand new things. You know, even like you guys seen this before. And, and, and this is the same thing when we're thinking about maturity and, and, and growth. You, we have this seed that, that, that is grown and matured into this tree. And and you see in this process where where we're looking at the roots, we're looking where where, where God is planting everything at and rooting everything in so that we are mature inside of him. You're matured in, 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 in how he has revealed himself. And out of how he has revealed himself, you blossom into this person that has relationship that, that reflects how he has revealed himself. And reconciliation that is a byproduct of how he revealed himself. And the birds, of the, they can come and they can be feasted in, in the branches that are stretched out, representing who he is, yes. his kingdom. This is what the Lord is doing. He's building a kingdom, and he's planting us and maturing us into who he wants us to be. What we wanted to do is just take a moment to kind of pass you. Here's here's the thing. Most of you we know. There's a lot of you in here we don't. Mm -hmm. And I pray that the Lord is speaking something to you. But as we are, are walking through this, one of the things Wayne and I really prayed about is that we would spend some time today just really looking at these things. What could it look like? For us to be a people of meditation. 
I love that this seed is here. Do you realize that that whole tree is in that seed? That's the kingdom. That's the king. Some people see the seed and the size of it. God sees the tree that's in it. We look at the outward thing. God looks at our. We're trying to go, well, how do I get to the tree? Become a seed. Do the seed work, right? So what's some of the seed work of meditation? Well, I, I mean, without sounding just super practical, we idolize busyness massively. We love to use busyness as the excuse for why we're not mature or why we can't commit to anything or why we can't do anything. Can I just say this? You have to make space to pray. You, you cannot be a mature person without a prayer life. You just can't. And listen, I'm not sitting up here saying I'm an incredible person at prayer. I know I have a good father who over the years has grown me in prayer, and I got a long ways to go. I'm not trying to say go out and pray for a couple hours, go out and do that. Listen, some of you are at different levels where if you could just stop for a minute and meditate on something, it would be a huge step for you. For others, that's not. Some of you need to go away and fast and pray. There's things that God may be calling you into that you have not done and you've used busyness as your reason. And I'm just saying, go to a garden somewhere. Go, go get a journal and write your prayers down. Where you're like, I don't like writing. Draw something. Put some music on and worship and sing. You're like, I love reading. Get a book and read. Get, grab the Bible and just meditate. Take chunks out of it. And you're going, well, what is the right way so I can check meditation off of my checklist? That's not the right way to meditate. You've already ruined your meditation time by going, did I do it right? Just go be with him. Make space for him to say some stuff to you. Church, if you're too busy for that, you're not mature because you're busy. That doesn't make you mature. It's unhealthy. It's idolatrous. It's ungodly. You have to make space to meditate. And even in that, we have to know that we have a good God that wants to reveal himself to us. You're not trying to convince him to do it. This is what he wants to do. He wants to reveal himself to us. And the beauty about that is as he reveals himself to us, we see more of ourselves. Because of the light. And, and here's the deal. This God of all of creation has all of creation at his disposal to disciple you. All of creation. All of creation. This God of all of creation, everything is all at his disposal to disciple you, to reveal himself to you. So when we know this, we walk and we live expectant, expectant, and, and, and looking for God to reveal himself to me, even in the small things. We need to know this, and we need to walk expectant and paying attention because sometimes God is trying to do discipleship in the small things, and we're missing it because we're not paying attention, and he wants to reveal himself to us 
And he's doing it in, in times that we're not even noticing. It didn't fit into the box that we, we put it in. This next one's really hard to give some practical seed level stuff because I will tell you this. Many of us have made new measurements of our spiritual maturity because we don't like this one. And the reality is your maturity in Christ is more seen in your relationships than it is in any other place in your life. And if you cannot be in relationships with people and it's always everybody else's fault, you're not that mature. The reality is if you can't be in a relationship without constantly talking and every time somebody walks away, they feel like they got an education about all the things you think in life and you wonder why it's nobody want to be around you. You're not as mature as you think. You see, maturity is highly relational. Here's some encouragement. The God of peace is going to have to teach you what it looks like to get in a relationship with somebody where you're being discipled. Who is pouring into you where you're listening to them and you don't have to always give your opinion? Here's a practical thing. What would it look like to just be friendly rather than thinking about, you know, if I'm going to be in someone going to be in a relation with me, I'm just going to always just be me and myself. I just constantly am just me and if they don't like me, then so be it. Scripture says if you want to have friends, be friendly. And I'm not a friendly person. That's your old nature. You need to be friendly. Which makes you have to go, to be in a relationship, I actually have to see the other person, not just they have to see me. What would it look like for you to commit to a group of people and you're going to go, well, it's not fun. Every time I go and hang out at RC, it's not fun. Or it doesn't do what I want. What would it look like to stop weighing down every relationship with all your expectations of what you think a healthy family is because you don't have a healthy family. You've only had time to fantasize about a healthy family and you've never lived into a healthy family. So you want people to live into your fantasies of what a healthy family looks like because you've never been in one. The church is about refamilying people. You can't come in going, the church needs to do this for me. They need to have this. They need to do this for me. And they never live up to it. That's because you're putting expectations on the family that God doesn't even put on us. You've got to come in patient and humble and submissive and caring. You see, the mark of maturity in the kingdom of God is not the kind of leadership you see in the world. You're like, well, if I could be a mature leader, I just want to be elevated and call the shots. No. If you want to be a leader in the kingdom, you got to learn to be humble and a servant. It is about dying to self it is about serving others. And this is what real relationships look like. And here's the thing. When we, when we think about relationship, who defines what this relationship should look like? 
You see, we have a tendency to try to define what it should look like, in it, and we put things inside of, inside of boxes, but the, the God of the universe that's living inside of you, he is the one that defines what that relationship should look like because you have these two unique individuals, and that means that your relationship with this person is looking unique, and your relationship with that person is looking unique because all of you are uniquely created in the image and likeness of God, and he decides and displays and, and authors what that relationship should look like because it reflects this union between him, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And, and every single relationship is like this. But when I am setting all the standards, I'm becoming God inside those relationships and, let, and not letting God be God in those relationships. So we don't see people. We see what we want to see. And then when we think about reconciliation, Here's the deal here. God is not calling us and giving us milk and giving us meat just so that we can eat and, 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 and just, just be centered on us. Like, he puts you in, in distinct places and distinct circles. He puts you in, he put us right here in this distinct place. Why? Because he wants you to turn around and pass out the meat turn around and, 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 and share. And that's why we, we push into the reality that God places here inside this community. What does it look like to, to live into that? What does it look like to share the word, to share the gospel in our families, in our communities, in our homes? And, and we want to have to set up very intentional ways to do just that. And that's what you'll see us do more and more. We're going to do something and then we're just going to spend time and we will go a little bit late today, so if you have to leave, then thanks for coming. But I want you to spend some time today, and you got a card when you came in, hopefully, to take that out. If you need a pen, there's some over here in the prayer room. If you have one with you, we're going to spend a good amount of time, and I, I believe the Lord wants to speak to you at your place of maturity, knowing that you don't need to become more mature to be loved in this family. God loves you as much as he, you can. He loves you with an unending love. He, he, you're not earning more love from him. He's not saying become more mature so that you can become who you're supposed to be. No, you are everything. Your identity is set in Christ. Christ has done that work. But you're praying today, what is this, some of the things that your father wants you to do to step into some levels of maturity this year? And we're asking you to just spend time alone with the Lord right now, meditating and writing on that card some things that the Spirit whispers into your ear. And we want you to keep this card for this year, and then Wayne's going to come up in a couple minutes after you do that and just lead us in a time of communion. So sit there, let the Spirit begin to speak to you, and write those things down that the Spirit of God is saying to you. This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com.